Do you know what I'm going to talk about tonight? Near do I. <laughs> but it will be good. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had a smaller crew at our house, but we did have the 19, 20 pound turkey and mashed potatoes and dressing and gravy and green bean casserole and mashed potatoes and corn and rolls and pumpkin pie, pecan pie, cheesecake. And a little, little Avia said a beautiful prayer before we ate, and we were, we were thankful. But as we were sitting there worshiping, I, it hit me that eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Father has prepared for us. We think we have a good, and we do have a good in this country. But this is, this is a feeding trough compared to what he has. And like I said, I Lord woke me up in the middle of the night last night, gave me verses and stuff, and finally about four o'clock I turned on the light and read him and asked him what he wanted, and I thought I knew, but now I'm not going to use it. So that's why I said I don't know what I'm going to talk about. But I, what I really like to start off with is, and I am going to pound you people with these three things. The three things that we, we really have to learn to live by. Do you remember them? We live totally by grace. Totally by grace. We live totally in the finished work of the cross. And we are created in the image and likeness of our Father. That's who we look like. Those three things. And as I'm sitting there going, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to talk about? I, it kept changing. And, but it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to incorporate those three things. And I, I guess every time I have a message, it's going to incorporate these three things. So get over it. <laughs> but you, you need to get these down in your spirit. You need to get this in your spirit. You need to get this in your spirit. I also am going to cover a, a number of things of, of Dr. Keithley, some of the things he's been talking about. But I really, I really all want you all to realize what we talked about, I talked about the last time we met. And if you weren't here, it was on eating from the tree of life or eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I will tell you all now, we are still eating from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. We want to get eating from the tree of life all the time. And there are moments that we get a glimpse of it. And the flavor of that is better than anything you can imagine. See, the, the tree of good and evil is the same road. It's like going down the highway. You're going one direction. It doesn't matter if you're in the right lane, which is evil, or the left lane, which is good. You're going in the same direction. You're going to end up at the same destination. 
because one's self-righteousness and one's debauchery. And the trouble is, our whole lives we've been taught, do good, do good, do good, do good, and you'll get good, do good, do good. We can't do good. We can't do good enough compared to eating from the tree of life, which is Jesus. That's another thing I want you to, you've got to get it in your head. But how do you, how do you get from the tree of good and evil to the tree of life? and consume it, and eat it. See, Jesus, when he came into the world, consumed only from the tree of life. He was totally and fully filled with the Father. He only saw what the Father saw, he only did what the Father did, and he only did it when the Father said do it. The tree of good and evil didn't affect him. Did he see it? Yes. Did he know it was out there? Yes. But it did it change the way he ministered to people and loved people and taught? No. See, when Jesus ministered to someone, he saw them the way the Father saw them. And a lot of us still struggle with the way that we, we perceive ourselves. But when we start eating from the tree of life, when we eat from that tree of life, we change. Because when we have accepted Jesus, our spirit has come alive. And we battle, and, and Norman's going to talk about this. He's going to do the spirit soul body next week but we struggle with that we go what if why didn't I Jesus never had that problem he always was filled with the father and what we we really want to do is to get ourselves where we only eat from the tree that Jesus ate from the tree of life that we see everything the way the Father sees it. I pray that he opens your eyes that you can only see the way he sees things. That your understanding would be the same as his. And we've, we've talked about this a little bit before, but you can see changes in your life. If you've been coming and listening, and it's not that Terry and I do not teach with words of wisdom and great teaching. It is a foolishness, but it is a spirit behind it that grabs hold. You, I will speak for myself. I totally have changed the way I look at people. I have my moments. But for the most part, I have totally changed the way I perceive people. It doesn't matter if they've got five rings on their nose and tattoos all over their bodies or what color they are or how they act or what they do. But we have to learn to eat from the tree of life. Okay, what are you going to talk about, Craig? When Jesus... I want you to turn... Well, let's, let's start here. 
Let's go to Luke 4.16. Luke 4.16. This is Jesus. When he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet of Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. To preach the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm sure they've been read many times in the synagogue. But Jesus then, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's done. It is finished. It is finished. These things are finished. Now you know why they were angry with him. Because the Pharisees said, No, you got to do something. No, he says it's finished. It's completed. What did he give? What did he proclaim to their, their ears? Something they have always heard. First of all, that the Spirit of the Lord was on him. He was anointed. You are anointed. And you are anointed to preach the gospel. That is complete. You are anointed to preach the gospel. You are anointed to send and to proclaim freedom to, for prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind. You are anointed for the healing of the blind and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Lord has favor on you. It is something that is finished. Totally, totally finished. Why? How can it be finished? See, a Christ coming and in his life, in our accepting, it's all we do. We go, yes, Lord. We enter into his death. We enter into his burial. We enter into his resurrection. And we enter into him being seated at the right hand of the Father. Those become ours. That's why he could say it was finished. He knew. Because, see, he had only eaten from the tree of life. And he saw it as God saw it. And God says, it is finished. When Jesus would go out and minister, and, and Dr. Keithley used this example, he said, when he ministered to the man with the withered hand and said, hold out your hand, when the Pharisees were testing him, said, hold out your hand, what did Jesus see? He saw a man who was whole. Because that's the way the Father saw him. See, he sees all of you whole. 
He doesn't see you broken, prisoners, unhealed. Now, with his natural eyes, he did see the hand was with him. But that's not reality. That is not reality. And what, what we need to do is learn to see with our spiritual eyes. We have the spirit alive in us, and we need to learn to see with spiritual eyes. And we have, we have gone so long, and we work, we work our jobs and do our things, and we go through our lives, and what do we do? We look with our natural eyes, and we judge with our natural senses and stuff. But I tell you, the closer you get to the Father, the more you realize you're filled with his presence and the fullness and the glory of the Father. The more you walk in that, the more your vision will change. I was reading Wigglesworth the other night and made me think, sometimes, you know, people would, and we've, we've all seen this, if you get in a healing line and somebody, you pray for somebody here and you get ten people down there and there's that same person. Wigglesworth wouldn't pray for him again. He said, no, you've been prayed for. I'm not going to battle you. This message isn't about a lack of faith. This message is, Wigglesworth already saw him the way the Father saw him. You're healed. You can accept it or not. You can, you can, all of this, you can, you can listen to all of this and you can take it home and you can throw it in the trash can and not participate in it. It's your choice. You have freedom. You're totally free. But you still, but you still had the Father's love. Let's turn over to John, John 19, verse 28. 1928, good year. Later knowing that all was now completed, now this is Jesus hanging on the cross. And so the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus says, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. <laughs> and they soaked it up in a sponge and put a sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Now the trouble is, most of us, when we, we don't understand what Jesus said there. First of all, what's finished? What's been completed? In our own natural way of doing things, we look at something that somebody else has done and go, no, no, no. I need to do a little bit more to that. Even if you take a masterpiece, got the Mona Lisa there. And, and you're standing in the museum and you're looking at the Mona Lisa in the Louvre. And you go, you know, if, if he'd have just... Right, Carol? If he would have just put a little more shadow there, it would have been better. And I mean, we don't have to talk about artwork. We can talk about painting walls. Oh, you, you, you know, it's looks a little uh, bubbly there, and you need to finish that. Jesus says, no, it is finished. It is complete. There is nothing that needs to be added to it. Nothing whatsoever. 
But we in our, in our flesh and the way we handle things, we like to add to it. And even if we want to add to it, we're still included in being finished. See, you're all finished. You're all complete. You are all filled with the glory of the Father. To the max that you can be filled. And the thing is, if you don't believe it and don't want it, like I said a little while ago, it doesn't change anything. You can walk away from it. And there's consequences from that. But it doesn't change how much the Father loves you and has filled you with his spirit. But if we believe that, we believe we must do something to get there. And there's not a thing you can do to get there. Because it's finished. Over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house we go. You get there. You're sitting in the driveway. The drive is finished. Let's drive around the block a couple times. No, you know, we, we want it. We want to put our touch on things. We read stuff. We want to critique it. We want, we want our commas and our periods and our parentheses and our words. And you could have said that just a little bit better. So, everything is accomplished. Everything is completed. Everything is done. It is finished. Before I go on to tell you what the, some of the it's are, not what is is, but what the it's are, how do you learn to see that it's finished? You stay filled with the Father. You eat from the tree of life. If you're on the eating and bearing fruit from the tree of good and evil, stop eating it. Turn back. Start eating from what the Father has for you. Reading scripture is good, but that's not the only thing. Being in his presence. Ask him a question. Expect an answer. You'll get it. I've, I've, I've shared this before, I, and it hit me again this week when I first started following the Lord. I, I went in in the dark bedroom and fell on my knees, and what do you want from me, Father? And he actually answered me. And he said, just love me. And I am just getting to the point to understand what he actually said to me. Because my understanding of love was skewed. So, what is it? What is finished? What has the Father completed through his Son? 1 John 10.10 10. And I'm not going to read the, the, the scripture. I'll give it to you. You can go back and read it. 1 John 10.10 10. No, I'm sorry. Number one. John 10.10 10. because number, there's no second Luke either see that's why I don't do notes the book of John 10.10 10. you one of the things that is finished is you have 
an abundant life. And I thought it was interesting, these verses, that the, it says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it in its full or in abundance. He wasn't talking about Satan. He was talking about the Pharisees. Go to the scriptures before that, and you'll see that Jesus is confronting the Pharisees. And that they have come to kill, steal, and destroy. They have taken what the Father has said, and they have made it a list of laws, not grace. You have abundant life. You have Zoe. And it is in the now. Totally in the now. Do you see it? I thought about putting blindfolds on all of you, the whole sermon. And, and get you to practice to see with your spirit eyes. Do you see your fullness that you have? An abundance. She gets scared when she's blindfolded. <laughs> Luke 19.10. I love this one. Luke 19.10. Dr. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Think about that. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Who's that? It's all of us. Okay. Are there some he didn't find? Some hidden from him? So he found them all. But gosh, he didn't save them all. We have, we have to go out and we have to knock on doors and get them all saved. That's denominations. He completed it. It is finished. Everyone was found, and everyone was saved. Everyone was found, and everyone was saved. Yes, even the person that's passing through your mind right now that you just can't stand to think of their name, they were found, and they were saved. Tell me that won't change the way you look at people. It is finished. Uh, Dr. Keithley had a, a, f a little funny thing he, he talked about, you know, I guess he does a blog, I haven't read it, but he said, you know, everybody likes to go, who's the worst person you can think of that didn't get saved? And everybody comes up with Hitler. Most people come up with Hitler. Some think of an ex-spouse or somebody like that, but... <laughs> us, we, we, th we think, think of Hitler. And a guy underneath that on his blog said, I just can't wait to hear Brother Hitler's testimony. <laughs> you see, his love was great enough to seek and save someone like that. Is he in heaven? I don't know. It's not for me to judge. But I know if he says, I accept Jesus' final work on the cross, he'll be there.
I know there's a lot of Pharisees that kept every one of the laws, and they won't be there. Because they were traveling on the road of eating from the tree of good and evil and eating the fruit that produced from just doing good. And that does no good. That's the fig tree that Jesus cursed. It did not bear good fruit, so he cursed it. Let me go through and just give you these other ones. First John 3. And I'm not sure of the verse. And, it, and I'm going to go through these quickly. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Do you know the devil has no power? Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth have been given to me, and I give it to you. The devil has no power. You do not need to get in an airplane and fly over Chicago and break the powers of the devil. He has no power. He has no power. You don't need to go to a a conference that says, okay, let's all get together and go pray against the uh, witches in San Francisco. They have no power. But guess what? He sought them, and he saved them. Imagine the power you have saying, Jesus sought and found you and saved you. All you need to do is accept that. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The restoration of all things lost. Everything you think you've lost has been restored to you. And I mean, we can talk about personal things, intimate things, valuable things, material things. Everything has been restored to you. You have it all back. The parables about the coin and the prodigal son, you realize even though those things were lost, they never lost their value. The coin that the widow was looking for always had its value. The prodigal son who was lost, the father always saw the value of his son. That the father, no matter how how low you've gone, how far you've gone, what you've done, said, the father always saw your true value. And that has been restored. It is finished. You don't need to add to it. You don't need to do penance. You do not need to send in you know, your check to this ministry and make sure you get you know, ten times back what you send in. You don't need to go to Israel and you, know, you don't need to go to Africa and be a missionary, but if you're called to do that, God bless you. You have had everything restored to you. Luke 23:34 You receive the father's declaration of forgiveness a father's blessing you receive the father's blessing Luke 10:22 One thing that Jesus came to do that was finished was he came to show us the father 
said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And what's really exciting, as he is, so am I right now in this world. When you look at me, you see the Father. When you look at me with spiritual eyes and look at my spirit, and I know it may take a lot of staring, but that's okay. I know it's there. One of my, when I wake up in the morning, I go, Father, let me see things through your eyes. That's a prayer. And it, I know I'll be shocked when that happens. But he's good. And the last one I'll give you for now is John, 13, John 3, 17. He came to save the world. It is finished. Boy, you know, you know how upset that would get people, some people that you used to go to church with, that Jesus came to save the world and it was finished, he saved the world. It almost goes, goes along with the, he came to seek and save the lost. You say that to some people and they would just go haywire. He came to save the world. It's finished. It's finished. What you need to do is work on your, your spiritual eyes. You need to spend time with the Father. You need to commune with him. You need to sit in the garden at the tree of life and consume. You see, all this was part of Adam's blessing in the garden. But Adam gave it up share another point that Dr. Keithley made in his most recent sermon. He says, do you know that Jesus never mentioned Adam in his whole ministry? Never talked about Adam. Never mentioned the fall. He came to talk about himself, the gospel, the good news. Everything is restored. Everything is restored. There are so many it's in the Bible. You can sit there and go, th go through the promises of God. By his stripes you were healed. It's finished. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's finished. You can go through, you can find hundreds of things. And they all got finished at the cross. Because you died with him. You were buried with him. You rose with him. And you seated with him at the right hand of the Father. It's finished. And I know you'll go through this week and circumstances will pop up and you'll go, how can it be finished? Look, look what's going on. How can this man's hand be withered? No, no, you don't see it through my eyes. Look at it through my eyes. Look at your situation through my eyes and call things that aren't into what they should be, paraphrase. The it's of the it's that is finished show us these few things, and I'll just go through it real quick. First, the Father loves people that we think don't deserve it. The Father is for people religion are against can't think of the name of that Baptist church now, but 
Westboro Baptist Church that God is for them. And he's for the people they hate. The Father includes those we've excluded. The smelly guy that comes and sits in the back row. The drunk. The prostitute. The Father includes them. Look at them through your eyes. Then look at them through the Father's eyes. The Father is merciful to those who are convinced they need punishment. Isn't it funny that we think God ought to punish people? God, you ought to punish them. Deal with them in your righteous anger. But he tells us to forgive those who hurt us. He tells us to forgive, but he's allowed to punish. Is there a problem in that theology? The Father is merciful to those we are convinced need punishment. The Father is totally and unconditionally good to those we claim he is their enemy. Mr. ISIS member, Mr. Terrorist, he, the Father is unconditionally good to you and loves you. The Father sees humanity as holy, righteous, and blameless, even though they don't act like it. I could put just one person's name in here, pick somebody in here and say, instead of saying humanity, I could say norm. The Father sees Norm as holy, righteous, and blameless, even though he doesn't act like it. We can all be in there. But the Father sees us that way. We're, we're part of the coalition of the follically challenged. And I remember the, the kids that came out and said, hey, Baldy, 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 and he brought the bears out to eat them. Remember that. The Father believes in us and won't let go even if we don't believe or have let go of him. See, he does go after the one and leaves the 99. But he doesn't let go of the 99. The Father is faithful even when we are unfaithful. Enough said. The Father's grace hyper abounds where sin abounds. Hyper grace. You think you can out God's grace? Nope. He has hyper grace. And it will cover a multitude. Of, it'll cover every one of your sins. It's like saying, name a number and name one number higher. Infinity plus one. And the Father turned the height of his, uh, the height of humanity's sin, murder, and crucifying Jesus into a reconditioning of the whole world, or reconciling of the whole world. The Father turned the height of humanity's sin when they murdered and crucified Jesus into an act that reconciled the whole world.
It is finished. It is finished. Work on your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to see as the Father sees. It will change your life drastically. It's exciting to think when we start seeing the way the Father saw. And we start living as he is, so am I in this world. So, God bless you. Come back next week. It is finished. Yay, God. <laughs>